excuse me. Ah, <laughs> there's emotional times quite often. Um, this morning we have a beautiful word. Remember that we're walking through a sermon series. <clears throat> a sermon series called I Am. And it started last week as we saw God say who his son is in Jesus' baptism. And if you've had an opportunity to go through that first study in the community groups, you heard God's words and where he called himself, I am. Remember, he was on the mountain with Moses, and Moses said, that's great, God, you've got all these words for me to share with your people, but just in case they ask your name, who should I tell them sent me? He said, you can, you can tell them I am sent you. It's the name God gives himself. It's great in the translations of that name because Hebrew is a little flexible, so you can either get I am or I will be, or as I am now, I always will be. This is who I am. I'm unchanging, eternal, from generation to generation, always the same. I am. Now, for the next <clears throat> several weeks, excuse me, <clears throat> That's going to look great on the video. <clears throat> Some mornings I need uh, more to sip on than others. For the next several weeks as we walk through this series, we hear Jesus saying who he is. And there are times where we will hear him claim that name, I am. You'll hear him say things like, before Abraham was, I am. And then there's other times that he's using that phrase, I am, but he's letting us know who he is. He's telling us about his character. And today, specifically, we hear him say, I am the bread of life. In our culture, maybe that lands a little different with some of our hesitancies towards bread. But in every culture out there, there's some staple food that is based on grain. Bread is simple to make. It doesn't take a lot of ingredients. You need flour. You need water. If you want to make fancy bread, you can get yeast, but even yeast comes naturally. You need a little heat. That's about it. So it doesn't take much. It's a foundation. It's a, it's a staple. If you look at the name of the town that Jesus was born in, Bethlehem, house of bread, there's another word that sounds a lot like lechem in Hebrew, and it's lechayim. You've heard that word before. It's a toast to life. House of bread. If you hear it funny, maybe even a house of life. And so we see this foundation as Jesus says, I am the bread of life. You see, because food is an intimate thing, Right? You start to eat food, you care what kind of food you eat. It doesn't necessarily end up being rotten or bad because you know that kind of food is going to make you sick. So you eat clean food, you eat good food, you eat foods that are tasty more often than not. Sometimes out of necessity, you just eat what you got. But nonetheless, this food is an intimate thing. From this food, you get nourishment. From this food, you get all of the things you need for your body to continue to live. And those 
nutrients come in different ways many times depending upon what our bodies can handle, these bodies corrupted by the weight of sin. We look forward to that day where those bodies are no longer carrying that weight but get to eat beautiful, perfect food from the hand of God himself. Now, right before our gospel text today, there were those on a hillside that got to do just that. As they sat on that hillside, and it was late in the day, and they were listening to Jesus, and Jesus looks at his disciples and said, why don't you guys round up some food? And they went, <laughs> with how, what kind of money? Where do we go? Send them away into the towns so that they can go get something to eat. And I love that he looks at his disciples and he says, you give them something to eat. You've been around me long enough. You give them something to eat. And they said, well, I don't know how that's going to work. We just don't have the money. It's all right. And depending on which gospel you read, one way or another, he comes across the bread and the fish. He gives thanks. And they start handing it out. <clears throat> Over 5,000 people, bread to eat, bread to fill the stomach, bread to give life at least for that little day. And then he leaves the scene as he goes across the sea and everybody gets up later the next morning and says, where'd he go? He didn't get into the boat with the disciples last night. He didn't climb in there with them. How did he get over to the other side of the sea? And they go over and they start talking to him and they say, Jesus, first off, how'd you get here? Second, we're hungry. Where's some more of that bread? Remember, he says, you're, you're not coming to me because you saw the signs. You're coming to me because you got your fill of the bread. And that's good and all, but I've got so much more to give you. That foundation. That life, right? And they're looking at the temporal things. They're looking at the things right in front of them and say, we're hungry right here, and I need food, Jesus. He says, that's fine. You can go get food. That isn't the reason I came. I didn't come just to fill your belly every day. I didn't come just to do that. There's so much more. And when he claims to be that bread of life, as he stands in front of them and moves forward through this conversation and they point continually back to what feeds their bellies. Because in that same conversation, right, they, they look at Jesus and they say, well, what sign are you going to do then so that we know you're this bread of life and so that we know you're this one from God? These are the same people that just ate bread and fish over on the mountainside. They saw this miraculous sign. They saw this miraculous thing happen, and yet they're still looking at God in the flesh and saying, what sign do you do so that we know that you're real? There's a trust issue there. There's a trust issue there with, as one uh, prof that I had said, they could see him in one particular way, but they couldn't see him the way that he needed to be seen in order for them to see the truth of God. <clears throat> At that point, I started just calling him Dr. Seuss because he started to use phrases like that all the time. But nonetheless, they couldn't see Jesus for who he is. They couldn't see him for being the one sent from God. 
And so they ask him and they say, what signs are you do? Because our father Moses made bread rain down from heaven. And you can imagine Jesus shaking his head once again and saying, you missed it again. Yeah, Moses was there, but the bread didn't come from Moses. That bread came from God. That bread came from God, from His hand. And He says, now I'm that bread that God sends down, and I'm that bread that God sends down, not just to fill your bellies, not just to make things right here in this time and space, but to carry you through life, to fill your soul with bread. To fill your soul with life, not just to feed a belly, but to feed a heart. But it's that trust issue that keeps coming back. You can almost hear him bringing up in the conversation a talk about other words that Moses said. When Moses hands over the Ten Commandments from God, and the first one, right? You have no other gods before me. It's trust. It's foundation. What's the basis of the relationship? Trust is one of those things that's hard in our relationships. Trust gets broken and it's hard to get back. And God says, trust me. I'll take care of you. I'll give you life. I'll bring you life. And life in ways that you may not always see. In the small catechism, Luther has a great explanation for that first commandment, right? He said, we should fear, love, and trust God above all things. That's it. He leaves it at that, short and sweet. should fear, love, and trust God above all things, above bread, above money, above all those things, because those things aren't the source of life. And if we're looking at those as the foundation and the trust, then we're kind of like the Israelites at that time saying, yeah, but what about the manna that Moses gave us? We're missing the source. Missing the source of things. But as we fear, love, and trust God above all things, we start to see Jesus for who he is, right? It's talking about food and trust. Uh, Have you ever heard of those that would have food tasters because they think they might get poisoned or something. Hitler had rabbits and then people. Medieval times, there were all kinds of people. The court jesters would do it at times. There were also other food tasters because they were worried about whether or not they'd get poisoned from other people. Napoleon had a dog that he would have taste food, and if the dog lived, then he would live. About 300 years before Christ, Mark Antony and Cleopatra were together, and Mark Antony started to have food tasters. And if you start to read about that, it's interesting. Cleopatra wasn't as mad about the fact that he started to have food tasters thinking that she was going to poison him. She was mad at the fact that, she thought, or that he thought that food tasters would stop her. And so she started to go through different ways in which she would show him, look, I can get around your food tasters. I could poison you anytime I wanted to. But there are trust issues. There's trust things going on there. Jesus stands before his disciples and before the Israelites and he says, I'm the bread of life. 
There's no food tasters you need to go before me. There's no signs that you need to see to believe in me anymore. I'm here. I'm present. God has sent down bread, not in the form of manna, but in the form of flesh to stand here, reveal God to you, let you know that I am life for you, that I am here to die for you and to live for you and to walk with you. That beautiful bread of life. And you can imagine each time they ate bread after that, what words would ring in their ears as Jesus spoke to them. And so for us. And that time as they pointed to the manna, now when we come to this table, we look back and we let those words of Jesus ring again. I am the bread of life for you, to bring you life to bring you salvation, to bring you God's will. As you hear him say, the will of my Father is that all those that would see me and believe in me would have eternal life and not be handed away from the Father, but held on to closely in that beautiful relationship that he starts and holds on to and that he strengthens by his Spirit as he calls all his children unto himself and holds on to them to walk with them into eternity. The bread of life. It's a beautiful thing. So as you receive communion now, we look back on those words in the same way that as they heard him say it, they looked back on the manna that fed their fathers. And we see where God's hand is in our life. And those things we do that separate us from God, we continue to hear, I am the bread of life. I am here to feed you. I'm here to guide you. I'm here to bring you life. And as our days dwindle, as the years go on, we know that life is so much bigger than that. So instead of looking for that bread to put in our bellies that will sustain us for a while, we get to read, mark, and learn, and inwardly digest God's word, right? That's how they would say it in some older hymnals, that we may read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest your word, God. That that word be, would become such a part of life, such a foundation of our life, knowing that we need all these other things, but knowing that all these other things come from you, God. That you are the source, that you are the bread, that you are the foundation, that you are the one that carries us through now and in the days to come, and to the point where we finally sit at his table eating bread from his hand at that beautiful wedding feast of the Lamb in paradise. And so we look forward to that bread of life and to every day where God continually sustains us now all through Christ. In his name, amen. Do you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for the bread which you give that sustains our days now, and thank you for the bread of your Son which you have given to give us life for eternity. Guard us this day as we go. Keep our eyes focused on you to know that all the good things that come in this life come from you. And that we can't see around every corner, but you can. And you lead our footsteps by your word, and you point us to your Son, Christ, as the one who has come and the one who will come again to keep us in you 
In your son Jesus' name, amen.